Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday morning to you. It's been a while. Hello, everybody. It's been a while since I've been here. Uh, this is Andy Nelson, and I'm joined by two wonderful, wonderful guests. Guests? Who am I, who am I kidding? You guys are part of the team here. Ocean Murph, hello. Um, hello. I I've, I've, haven't been called wonderful in such a long period of time. I, I felt that you were speaking about Chrissy. <laughs> well, 
You're both super wonderful in my book. Chrissy Lenz is the other voice over here. Hello, Chrissy. Hello. I'm happy to be a guest. I'm happy to be in an old shoe that you find in the corner. <laughs> Just happy to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to uh, to be chatting here on Saturday morning with both of you uh, to talk about... Uh, uh, you know, everything going on in the world, um, movies, news, reviews, new trailers, and of course, the list challenge. Plus, we've got a little game. So it should be a fun, a fun time. So let's start. Uh, so what have you two both been watching? What's new in in your queues? What are you excited about? What's happening? I've, I'll start. I've, I've been um, watching House of Dragon. Um, mm. And so I, I, I did not expect to like it because my uh, working theory of Game of Thrones as a whole is that each season is 10 episodes and the first eight mostly suck. And then the last two are genius. <laughs> right? so, so uh, and, hmm. and every season after that, you, when you come back to it, like when you're coming back for you know, see, uh, episode one of season two or three or four, whatever, they're all horrible. It's a whole bunch of slow setup. But then the last two episodes are just amazing television. Television. And so this one, I'm actually, um, I find I'm enjoying more early on, right? Like what they're doing with the show as a whole. It's, you know, it's, it feels like, you know, more like political intrigue with dragons uh, than, than the other, than the other, you know, original Game of Thrones did. And so I, I find that I'm really enjoying it. They're halfway through the season. So the young uh, female leads are going to become the, I guess, old female leads now and so the, you know because they're doing a transition uh over time and so it, hmm. it's it's great i'm i'm really really enjoying it and i'm surprised that i'm enjoying it early i i expected to be suffering now waiting for the the final two episodes to be great <laughs> the way that you describe that you know political intrigue with dragons really makes me now want to see the show where dragons are actually <laughs> sitting in the court and actually like being part of this <laughs> of all of these <laughs> decisions and everything i moved yes, to take a <laughs> Floor vote. Rawr. Yeah. Dragons are so committed to the Roger's rule of order or whatever it is. Yeah, they absolutely are. Um, yeah, I'm, but, I'm waiting to watch that until it's all out so I can just watch it in one big chunk. Um, but I, am, I, I watched the first episode in real time and had a really hard time with my favorite doctor being this long haired evil man. Matt Smith. Oh, yes. Matt, Matt Smith. Smith, yes. I'm like, yes. you stop Who's... it. You stop it, Matt Smith. I don't like what oh. you're doing. <laughs> Got it. Well, while what he's doing is great, it, it gets worse. Oh, no. Oh, so, so, yeah, it, oh, it gets worse. Yeah. yeah he's, so. Wasn't but, he yeah. also, uh, I don't, I guess I shouldn't say the villain, but wasn't that he's a little bit of a cad in uh, Edgar Wright's latest uh, film, Last Night in Soho, right? Or was he, no, he ended up being a, now I cannot remember. I think I think there's a, I in a shift yeah. in the story. Oh yeah, he, he is. he's in the past. Yeah, the um, past. But then yeah, I think he, he's also in the present. I think I'm confusing him. I think he ends up being okay, but I don't want to say because I I, I feel like there are a lot of surprises and twists. Yeah, that could come of that. But uh, he's definitely bad in Morbius, which yes, we watched <laughs> and. Yes, he's he's bad in Morbius in multiple ways. He's not only the bad guy, but he's a. Uh, it's you know, I mean, the performances. You, you know, you're dealing with the hand you've been dealt, uh, so there's only so much he could do. But then he's also bad. 
bad for inexplicable reasons. Uh. It's, it's, but yeah, he's yes, he's he's bad in Morbius. Uh, but uh, but in, in the House of Dragon, I mean, what he's doing, everything is great. But yes, his character is it, you know if you like Matt Smith as a person or think of him as the wonderful Doctor Who, this is not that. No, he was. And he I, was I, also I, yeah. I, yeah, go ahead, Chrissy. Oh no, I was just gonna say I need to let him like as I need to let him be other things and like just get over it. But I haven't. I'm not there yet. I, I feel like perhaps the the world of TV might do better for him with things like The Crown and House of Dragon and Doctor Who. And when you look at his films, Terminator Genesis, uh, you know, uh, Morbius, uh, Last Night in Soho was okay. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. You know, I feel like you know maybe. Maybe the TV world uh, favors him a little better than uh, yeah. than in the movies. That, or maybe it's just his picks. Maybe he's like, this is great. This Morbius guy. I love him. Let's do it. <laughs> it's going to be so yeah. fun to be a half-bat weirdo. <laughs> oh, Morbius. Ay, ay, ay. Have you been watching anything else, Chrissy? So I've been watching two things. So I wa- I've been watching Welcome to Wrexham uh, with Ry- uh-huh. Ryan Reynolds yeah. by and uh, Rob McElhenney by a, a football club in Wales. And it's like the stories of, of them trying to like make it successful. And I, as I was watching that, I was just like, these people who like sports really seem to be having so much fun. And I feel like I am missing out on that fun by not watching sports so i am experimentally watching college football mm. um and following yeah. with the help of my sports loving uh friend uh who is guiding me on this journey and we're only following two teams that are chicken based um a fancy <laughs> chicken team and an angry chicken team and the one that we're uh that we have the only one we watched so far is the South Carolina Coastal Chanticleers, uh, which is a fancy chicken. Okay. And they won okay. the first game that I watched, and it was <laughs> fabulous at the beginning and fabulous at the end and really boring in the middle. So I'm just hoping that at some point I get lured into that because I just want to be having as much fun as like those people who enjoy sports seem to be having. Maybe you should try soccer since all these shows right now seem to be so soccer focused. And when I say yeah. soccer, soccer, I mean yes. football, right? Football. <laughs> football yeah. is life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and honestly, then uh, uh, you mentioned in the chat that the, when you were saying chicken based, the first thing I did think of also was the University of South Carolina because they the are the Gamecocks. Gamecocks. That's then, the other team. That's the angry okay. chickens. Oh. Got it. Oh, okay, so, so, so then in that okay. case, so yes, so that should that should be great because then the 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 Gamecocks will play better teams and uh, they'll win half and lose half. And so therefore sometimes you'll get the experience of, Hey, this is great. We won. And other times you get the experience of, Oh, we lost. That's what I'm in it for. (laughs) It's just, I want that roller coaster ride. Yeah. So, but I can only handle two teams and I can only handle um, rooting for their mascot. Uh, So I went, (laughs) I went chicken based. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's right, a good that way is, to start. That's great. It's a good way to start. <laughs> Dip your toe in, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah. So while I do definitely love and appreciate how this has affected your life and that is bringing you closer to football, which is my favorite sport. So if you ever want to geek out well, on it, I'm with let's you. Let's just say not only um, your favorite but, sport, but you're rather involved in it. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, I am overly involved in football. Yeah. I have a lot of involvement. Um, uh, but then 
I was curious when I saw the the trailer for that. Doc, uh, I guess it's really it's a documentary. Is that what you mm-hmm. consider this uh, Ryan Reynolds documentary? It's a fusion. Is it? It's a fusion. Is it? Are you enjoying it, or is it just you know Ted Lasso slash real life? Oh, I, I don't think it is very. Ted, I think it may have started out in a Ted Lasso is real life place, but and and it is sort of a hybrid of, of a documentary of what is happening to the team, what it is like for these two celebrities to own this team. And then there's a show element where like Ryan Reynolds and Rob Acklenny are trying really hard to like create like fun content. Um, Like they did a whole episode on like what whales is like. And so they did it as like uh, parodies of all these different types of, of talk shows where they were really just like giving you information about whales and what whales is like. Um, and, and I'm really enjoying it. I find them both to be quite charming. Um, I find the, uh, longing for the team to do well, uh, quite moving and the people that you meet in the town who just love the team, um, to be, uh, really, uh, likable lovable and i'm rooting for them and because they want the team to win i want the team to win (laughs) so i'm really (laughs) loving it okay well well, this this is an interesting um you know i suppose an interesting thing because i do think it's interesting how people who may not enjoy watching sports in real life might all might still find sport films to be really engrossing are you a fan of sports films and what if so what were some of your favorites love sports films in a way that I've never loved sports. I, I love a field of dreams. I just watched the natural for the first time. That's uh-huh. a great movie. Um, I like, uh, Oh, what's the one with Burt Reynolds where he plays the prison guards? Is that Slapshot? You mean the longest yard? I do mean the longest yard. I remember yeah. liking that. Yes, the longest yard. I think yeah. there's a good sports movie in every sport genre. Yeah, absolutely. Ocean, what are some of your favorites? Well, my absolute favorite sports movie is any given Sunday. Um, mm. That to me is the, the, the that to me is the greatest one I've ever, I've ever seen for multiple reasons. Um, not, not only do I really like the performances of it, but I like the the kind of the gritty, as, as gritty reality of what they're showing. It's a bit of an exaggerated version of it, but it's not as exaggerated as you would think. Um, you know, in terms of uh, what the, what they're portraying on on the and how like the NFL life would work for some people. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, outside of that, I like the feel good ones. I mean, I'm gonna lean football. I like Friday Night Lights. I did like Underdog. Um, that was uh, that was interesting. I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. And then uh, after after that, it's just you know kind of like uh, my, one of my other favorites, which is uh, is a movie old '80s movie called Victory. It is yeah. about, um, it stars, uh, the, the American in it's a vessel still alone and it has Pele. And basically it's about uh, prisoners in a World War II, in a World War II prison camp. Uh, and Michael Caine, sorry, Michael Caine is a British guy. And so the, the German ward of this prison camp has, he's always been upset that Germany has never beaten England in like the World Cup. And so what he does is he gets like the German national team. And this is during World War II. So it's the German national team is going to play against these prison guards and these, no, sorry, these prisoners. And these prisoners or like the stand-in for like the the British national team, and it's a, it's a really good uh, it's it's a good movie on multiple layers. There is the sports element of the soccer, but then also there is the drama around uh, the fact that they are prisoners in a World War II prison camp, and whether or not they want to escape, and are they actually going to then play? Or are they going to try to use this as an opportunity to get out or gather intelligence? And so it has multiple levels to it so I, that I really enjoyed. Yeah, that's a good one. John Huston directed that. It's a good movie. 
Um, there, there are so many good ones. Um, I'm trying to think like any given Sunday, the thing that shocked me the most with that, although it shouldn't have, but it was like the, the, the way that they played like the, the drugging and like the doctor, like, you know, giving Mm -hmm. that player the, the shots that he, you know, he, he knew he shouldn't give the player, but the player needed to get out on the field and he, you know, kind of like that whole thing. Like that was that was intense and that worked well and I mean in an Oliver Stone movie it's gonna I mean that sort of stuff works really well so I, I really enjoyed that one too and Al Pacino I mean it's you know always he's always great exactly. I, I look back at like stuff like uh, you know I'm thinking Field of Dreams of course is great Moneyball is another great one mm-hmm. um, you know I love Creed in the boxing stuff Sea Biscuit is oh, probably yeah. one of my favorites with the uh, in the world of horse racing and um, you know where would we be without Blades of Glory. So, oh my God, <laughs> my one of my high school uh, good friends wrote that movie. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God, I love that movie. That's, that's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So much fun. God, that is awesome. Yeah. Yes, no, that was that is my second favorite ice skating movie. I mean, you know, I can't. I mean, nothing cutting that beats edge. the Cutting Edge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Say, where, like, you, edge you, is you watch that movie, one, you're gonna right? be saying Topic, Topic. Like, you know, Topic, yeah, all day. So. All right. Well, I suppose we should uh, keep this party uh, chugging along. So let's start talking about trailers. Uh, Chrissy, it looks like you got yours in there first. So take it away. I came across the trailer uh, and was intrigued immediately by the title, which is easy to get wrong. The luckiest girl alive and thought, well, what is this? My name is Ani Finelli. Soon, I'll be an editor at the New York Times Magazine. Your voice is simply peerless. And in six weeks, I'm getting married in a lavish but tasteful ceremony. Luke comes for money. Let's go, babe. But I have something no trust fund can buy. The Edge. Love my work. Hate babies. I'm this close to the life no one thought I deserved. This is Ani. Nice to meet you. Mr. Larson, it's me. Tiffany. Tiffany? I'm working on a documentary about the incident at your high school. There are still so many questions that you've never answered. People want to know, were you a hero or an accomplice? Imagine what it's going to be like when they find out about what happened. How could you not tell me about this? And so I'm still not sure after watching the trailer that I know <laughs> what like what it is. Um, but it seems to be the story of a, a young woman who has everything she wants in the world, but isn't quite what she seems. And then, of course, her past somehow catches up to her. And it, it seems very mysterious and like it's all going to unravel. Um, and I really thought just from the preview that uh, Mila... Kunis uh, did a really good job of just just in seeing her in the trailer, like unexpectedly, like really good job of like seeing like sort of dead eyed and doll like when she was in her like perfect life and then was immediately like fully in- engaged in her body when like she was rocketed back to having to face her her past. So what did you guys think? Well, uh, for me, I, I guess when I when I saw the trailer, um, I had a couple of mixed reactions. One was 
it, it, it did feel like, okay, so we have a, it, it felt like a movie that I, that I'd seen before a lot, right? Where it's like, okay, you have a girl that's, you know, she's going to have a nice perfect life and then, but she has now a secret past is going to come back and haunt her. And then it's going to then, how do we then untangle that weeb with that web, you know? And so that's, that's what I, that's what I saw when I was looking at the trailer and I thought, okay, and, and it might be good or not. But then I realized more about why I felt that I was, that I'd seen it before was because um, Mila Kunis did all, almost this similar thing in American Psycho 2, which is a movie that, you know, five <laughs> people saw, right? Where it was like, it's called American Psycho 2, colon, All-American Girl. And so basically it's, if you saw American Psycho, she is uh, kind of like the cousin of a Christian Bale's character in, in this movie. And then and it kind of has like what is, seems like a regular normal life. Um, but then she has a past that comes back that's going to come haunt her. But the, part of that past then means she's now killing people. Right. Okay. And so, so it, 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 yes, exactly. So it seemed, it, it seemed, and now go to me wrong. I liked American Psycho too colon all-american girl and i liked it more than people should really admit liking this movie you liked it more than Mila Kunis, good. who came out and said nobody should watch this it's terrible so <laughs> exactly yes no she hated it and everything and, and don't get me wrong if you haven't seen it do not run out and see this this is not a good movie but i like it well i want to so, see it now <laughs> well, watch so it funny. if you want but don't don't come back to me saying well ocean you said this was gonna be a good movie i did not say that okay, <laughs> okay. be forewarned be forewarned. Yes, be forewarned. Uh, yeah. th this film definitely has that vibe of, you know, a story we've seen before of, you know, a person um, who has, who everything seems perfect and then you find out there's a dark past and what is it? And I hadn't heard of the book. I kind of looked it up and I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's one of these things. And it, I mean, it sounds like kind of, there's a lot of, you know, tragedy and darkness in it about this girl who had been gang raped and there's also oh, a is that what it that is? Holy through. cow! Yeah, there's there's a lot of dark <laughs> stuff going on. I didn't get that from the trailer. Well, yeah, the trailer. I mean, it has hints of things, but it doesn't really show you a whole lot, which might be better. But I mean, the girl, the the book has been out uh, for eight years now, so it's been around for a little while, and okay. and so it, it it sounds like it's kind of um, it, also, I guess, the author um, eventually admitted that some of it was based on things that she experienced. So I mean, there's a lot of like trauma like real trauma and stuff probably in it so I'm, I'm curious to see how it gets adapted um reese witherspoon is you know producing it under her banner and i i think mm -hmm. that something i've really enjoyed about what she's been doing is trying to find stories about like strong strong and interesting stories about women and and making films from them you know a little hit or miss mm -hmm. with what she's putting out there they're not always um hitting <laughs> but uh like where the crowd had saying i really didn't like that one um but you know I, I i do like that she is working hard to like try getting more uh, interesting content out there with some interesting female characters so uh, so i'm curious about this one i do feel it looks a little expected but um you know uh, it, it certainly piqued my curiosity mm -hmm. i definitely am going to listen to the book before i watch the movie When's the movie uh, come out? You said it was Netflix, or did you? Uh, it's October seventh. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right. <laughs> well, check that one out. Um, I'm uh, I'm filling in for for Ray, who who I had to take over for at last minute when he ran into uh, some internet issues. So I just decided, you know what? I'm just going with his trailer uh, because I'm curious about this too. It is the new TV. <laughs> TV-friendly version of Hellraiser. 
Beautiful, isn't it? It's really nice. You can hold it. What is it? It's a puzzle. And it's almost finished. Keep going. So if I solve it, do I get a prize? I do. I, uh, the Hellraiser film, the first one, is the only one I've seen of the whole franchise. I've always heard that of the horror uh, kind of franchises that are out there, that this one has some interesting ups and downs and some, uh, some of the sequels, actually, I've heard people say are quite surprisingly good. And so I'm, I've always been curious, but I've never returned to it because the first one does, you know, it did kind of disturb me. Um, I just never fell in love with it. And, but so I'm curious about revisiting it now because, Hey, they're making a whole TV show out of it. And, you know, you see pinhead, you see, I, I think that the other two are called butterball and chatterbox. Cause some of the other Cenobites that appear, and I mean, yeah, the whole concept of like doing this puzzle to reveal this, um, you know, potential, uh, you know, hellish uh, torture that you end up, you know, getting into as these Cenobites uh, destroy your soul. And I, I, I can't even remember, like they feed it into the other person who, who gave it to you or something like there's some craziness going on with it. And it fits totally with what Clive Barker does and how he kind of crafts his stories in very dark mm-hmm. and uh, creepy ways. It's Hulu. It's PG thirteen. I'm a little curious as to like how safe they're going to have to play it for something that is such a dark Clive Barker type of story. But I am very curious. Uh, what did you two think of this? I thought it looked really scary, and I think that like it, I I love PG thirteen, and I <laughs> I think that you can do a lot with pg-13 and and still be hilarious still be scary still accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish with your with your project and it to me it looked scary yeah like the the visual makeup on the like people just like slowly walking towards you and like just (laughs) the body horror with stuff i was just like oh i'm very frightened of this um and I've never seen any of the Hellraiser, but I'll probably watch this. Yeah, I, and I'm curious. That's that's actually an interesting thing. I wonder, like, do you need to have uh, seen any of the other Hellraiser, or are you fine just jumping in with this? Um, I, 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 I think I'm caught up. It's a scary guy. There's a puzzle box. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm. I've got it. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Do, do you need to have seen any of the Hellraisers to watch any of the other Hellraisers? I, I, you know. So, I, you know, Hellraiser for me is interesting in that I am fully not in the demo, but I seem to see them all. Right. And so, so it's, yeah, through one reason or another, I see them all. So this one, I did not, I I saw the Hulu and I immediately thought, oh, okay, who's making another movie like they did with Prey? Um, I did not realize it was a TV uh, series. And so um, as a movie, I was pretty confident I would see it at some point as a TV series. I I think that, yeah, I, I, 
I am confident I will end up watching one episode and then deciding from there to see how it is. I, I don't know how they're, you know, doing it with PG-13 then allows that they would have to then, you know, it, I think it challenges how you would make the movie uh, to make sure that you could, sorry, make television shows so you could keep the scares and keep it scary and seemingly gory without kind of crossing over to that line of where it would be, you know, considered R or TVMA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so... I think that I will have to live with that own that personal contradiction of where every time I see these Hellraiser trailers, I'm not interested in any of them, but I watch them all, and some of them I actually liked. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, look at stuff like American Horror Story. Like they, you know, they have been able to pull off some pretty creepy storytelling done in ways that are safe for TV. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, geez, mm-hmm. even like the t- like Alligator. I watched that on TV when I was a kid. It scared the pants off me, and still does. It's just yeah, so. Uh, well, I'm curious to see, um, how this one, kind of like how this one plays and, and how people react to it. Like yours, Chrissy, uh, this also releases October 7th on Hulu. So check it out, everybody. And last but not least, Ocean, tell us about your trailer. All right. I guess that, uh, yeah, that leaves me. So my, uh, the movie that I picked is the synopsis is, it is a tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. This is Babylon. If you could go anywhere in the whole world, where would you go? I always want to be part of something bigger. Love that answer. Something that lasts, that means something. Something yes. more important than life. Yes. It's written in the stars. I am a star. If I had money, I would only spend it on things that were fun, you know? Not boring things like taxes. I'm just one for everyone to party forever. I first moved to LA, signs on all the doors said, no actors or dogs allowed. I changed that. And now, y'all ready for something different? So um, I think I, I, I picked this movie really for two reasons that, that it piqued my interest. One, I wanted to stay on brand since my the last uh, trailer I, d- I did was uh, Amsterdam. And this looks like another one of the, basically it's set in the 30s, movies starring multiple named actors that you that you would wear. So the movie stars Brad Pitt, Margot Ro- uh, Robbie, Olivia Wilde, Gene Smart, Tobey Maguire, Eric Roberts, and don't forget Flea, uh, who's, who's also in this. So there's, you know, ton, tons of actors. It looks like it's a, you know, kind of a high high energy uh, story. Uh, definitely about a lot of excess, which is clear clear from the trailer, uh, but that it would be a high energy story, kind of interesting, hopefully some twists and turns. I don't know if the ending would be something that is unpredictable, because uh, it looks like you kind of get from, at least what I get from the trailer is I think I know where this will end up, but I, I look forward to having uh, the ride. Um, and that, and I think there was a part of me that I picked it because I know Kyle will hate this title because it is the title is the name of a city. And so therefore he doesn't like to, uh, titles of movies uh, that are based on places. So this is also for Kyle. So what did you guys think? <laughs> well, yes, it is. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, it's Babylon. It's like an ancient city. And I, I think that the title ends up being more metaphoric as far as like what they're trying yes. to depict here. And it's, you know, it's not based on the book, but there is uh, a book called something. What is the, uh, what is the book? The old, uh, this is the last days of Babylon. Uh, like no, it's, um, uh, oh, I'm going to forget now, but like, 
um, it was it was a book about Hollywood. Uh, well, it's called Hollywood Babylon. That's I should have been able to figure that one out uh, very easily. Uh, Kenneth Anger wrote it, and it was all about kind of like the horror stories and all of like this sort of stuff that was going on in Hollywood back in kind of the first half of the 20th century. And, uh, you know, it just kind of uncovered a lot of truths that, um, you know, people kind of knew about, but nobody was really talking about all sorts of scandals from all the big names that you likely heard. And so I don't know if Damien Chazelle latched on to the book and decided he wanted to kind of craft a story that kind of touched on a lot of this sort of depravity and everything, the scandalous nature of everything. Um, I'm curious about it. Damien Chazelle, um, you know, I really enjoy Whiplash. I, I found La La Land to be pretty uh, meh. I didn't care about it like so many people seemed to. And I, uh, uh, it was the uh, first man, the one he did about um, the first trip to the moon. I also thought was, meh, it was okay. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, right now he's kind of one, uh, one for three. And so I'm curious about this. Is this going to be something else that, that I really do end up enjoying like Whiplash? Or is it going to be something that I kind of feel falls a little flat? So... You know, I'm, uh, you know, the jury's out for me on this one. I, I feel like I'm going to need to probably just see it and kind of gauge, gauge my thoughts at that point. Uh, the thing that hooked me is that in addition to Margot Robbie being the star of this, Samara Weaving is also in it. And she looks exactly like Margot Robbie. <laughs> like, she, so she was in uh, Ready or Not. Yeah. Did you guys see that yeah. one? Oh, yeah. That, and yes. the whole time I saw that movie, I was like, wow, they got Marco Robbie to do all of this. And I was like, oh, it wasn't her. Uh, so I'm excited to see how they, you know, how these two like beautiful lookalike women hang out together in a, in a movie. Um, and it just looked like wacky, bad behavior fun. <laughs> Plenty of that. Yes. And the, uh, the movie will uh, release on uh, January 6th of 2023 in theaters everywhere. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to probably have some early releases in like LA and New York uh, for, I'm, for I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will or, or the, just yeah. to, just to get on the award circuit. Cause I can't imagine that they're just going to drop it in January. Uh, but if so, that's interesting that they've already kind of considered it a loss <laughs> by saying, yeah, it's going to go to January. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, that's it for trailers. So that means it is time to play a game. Shall we in fact play a game? Um, so the game that I have, uh, you know, I was a little inspired, I suppose. Um, you know, I, I know Chrissy, you know, you have an eighties podcast ocean. I know you're a big fan of eighties movies of all sorts. And so I was like, you know, there are so many great 80 movie, eighties movies that we love. Wouldn't it be interesting to play a little eighties movie game and try to see how much you both love some of these movies. So it is, it is a movie. You have to guess the name of the movie based on the, uh, by the characters within them. But I'm not starting with the top characters. No, we're starting all the way down at number 10. Now, I am going to give you an option. <laughs> if you can guess the movie when I tell you the 10th tenth, uh, tenth character that is listed, and then we can work our way up. Or if you say, 
I'm not very confident about it. I'd rather start a little higher. We can, we can adjust how many points you'd get. So if you can guess the movie on the 10th character, you'll get 10 points. And then from there we go down. So if, if you, if you want to say, you know, I'm going to guess the movie, but I want to guess with the top uh, actor who's billed in the movie, I'll give you that character. You'll only get one point. So okay. does that make sense? So you can get yes. from yes. one it's to a, 10 sort points. Sort of like, um, uh, like we're bidding on it. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, like name that tune. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. Yes. So we yes. Could, just, just to give you a sense of one, I have a movie here we're going to look at and the 10th okay. character, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This movie is a little easy. I'll tell you. Okay. And I picked this one specifically for this reason. But if I tell you the 10th character in the film is Merlin. Top Gun. What? Top Gun. That is correct. <laughs> That is the answer. Merlin surprised me as listed number 10 in the credits. But that, I guess, goes to show Tim Robbins may not have had as much a name at the time. But the characters from 10 to 1 in Top Gun are Merlin, Slider, Wolfman, Cougar, Jester, Viper, Goose, Ice, Charlie, Maverick. So you can get a sense of how it is. And okay. these, all of these films are listed in credits order. So it's how they... Uh, uh, how they played in the credits. Okay. So we're going to start. Right. And, and if you can't get it, we'll just, we can kind of keep working our way up until you get it and see how many points you end up getting. Love so it. I'm going to try to right. track my points here for you both. All right. So who would like to kick things off? Oh, I, I will set the very low bar that Chrissy will exceed easily. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're okay. going to work our way through the decades. So we're starting early in the 80s, 1980, in fact. Um, oh. And uh, for the 80s, we're looking, or for 1980, we're looking at comedies. So so what, would you like to start with the 10th or would you like to start a little lower? Where do you want to, where do you want to kick things off? Oh, we, if we're doing, if we're starting as early as 1980, I, I, I will need to be lower. So you know what? I'll split the, I'll split the baby. I'll do... Um, five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It might be, we'll, we'll see. Okay. So the movie for you or the character number five. Okay. Carl Spackler. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, the, but what I know, what we know about the movie now is it came out in 1980 and it is a comedy. And it is a comedy. And okay. The fifth and Carl Spackler is the, right. Is the actor, uh, is the character played by the actor. The character. Who's fifth okay. Build. Okay. Do you want to do you want to go down to number four? Y yes, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Danny Noonan. Was it Gung Ho? It's not Gung Ho. Uh, I, I, should I get to a point where if you guess, should we flip over to the other person? Because like, if you well, know, yeah, if Chrissy okay, can, Chrissy, yeah, can, if Chrissy you, can steal. Can then you yeah. steal it <sighs> for four points? Is it airplane? It is not airplane. It is not airplane. <gasps> All right, we'll try number three. Judge Elihu Smales. <laughs> Did you say Judge Elihu Smales? Yes. It's a crazy name. I don't know if you ever know, really hear his name other than the judge. It's, is it? Um, it's a, no, it's back get, to you, Ocean. Go ahead. Is it me? Okay, yeah. So there's a judge, and it's in 1980. And it's a comedy. Yes. So, <laughs> all right. So that, that narrows it down. So it's a, it's a legal, it is a legal comedy. Or there at least is a judge who is high enough up that he's the, the, that they're the third ranked uh, credit. So, hmm. Judge that long ago. 
There might be a few uh, uh, hints <laughs> dropped into the chat. Uh, I can yes. go to number two. Number two is Al Cervic. Clearly, this is a tricky one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, Chrissy, do you have a? It's not. Is it Police Academy? I it's I'm just Police really Academy. in that. We'll try number Zucker one. Brothers. Ty Webb. Ty Webb. Okay. Um, if I, I'll give you a hint from Ty Webb. No, 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 Woo, that was a lot harder than I was expecting it to Caddyshack be. I thought Caddyshack was later yeah. in the 80s. Like, I, yeah. All right, well, let's try this one. So, so Chrissy, we're going to uh, move over to you. Uh, so one through 10, where do you want to start with this 1980 comedy? Well, my confidence has been very undermined, and so I'll hop in at five as well. Okay. Uh, Ray, the fifth character is Ray. No. <laughs> yeah, he'd be three, that's right? That's 1984 yeah. also. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So, so we're still we're still 1980 is the year. 1980. Do you have okay. a sense? Do you okay. want to guess on Ray or do you want to hear another another character, Ocean? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go for another character. Okay, number three All is right. Curtis. Oh. Um, it's going to get really easy with these, uh, yeah. with the next three characters, I'll tell you. It's a comedy? Mm-hmm. Car wash? It's not car wash. All right, number three, Reverend Cleophas James. Butt loose? <laughs> number two, <laughs> Elwood Blues. Oh, dang. Oh, the Blues Brothers. <laughs> the Blues Brothers. <laughs> number five is Ray, played by Ray Charles. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, the other characters, Soul Food Cafe owner, Steve the Colonel Cropper, Donald Duck Dunn, Murph, and Willie Too Big Hall round I would have actually done 10. better to get the 10th name than the 5th yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes it's like surprising like where people are positioned in the cast. All right, we're jumping mm-hmm. to 1981. Uh, these are some action films from 1981. Ocean, from 1 to 10, right. where do you want to start? Let's go 8. Maggie. And it's an action film in 81? Yes. Is that what we're saying? Okay. And it's Maggie. Um, oh, Blue Thunder. No, no. Good guess, though. Okay. Chrissy, do you have a guess? Name number seven, please. <laughs> okay, number seven, Harold Brain Hellman. Harold He's called Brain, Brain often in the film. Oh, um... Predator. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we'll try. Yes. We'll try the next character. Uh, six. Girl in chock full of nuts. <laughs> wait, wait, you said this was an action and not a comedy. Correct. Okay, and it's girl in chock full of nuts. Yeah, chock full of nuts is a coffee over? a coffee uh, chain on the East Coast. If that helps you at all. Right and that okay and that's and she, and the, the uh, chock full of nuts girl is higher cast than brain. Yes, yes. Um, perhaps right. because um, she was, I believe, dating the lead star at the time. <laughs> I don't know if that helps at okay. all. Okay. Yes. Next. All right. Next um, down, the Duke. I don't remember. Is it me or Chrissy now? At this point, whoever whoever can get it, I'll just go down and okay. we'll see. Yeah. Okay. The Duke. All right. All right. Yeah. Next one down, President. Escape from New York. Escape from New York. That is the next. That is the film. Yes. Brain. Yeah. Okay. Brain yeah. is uh, Harry yes. Dean Stanton. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, Harry uh, Dean Stanton. 
Isaac Hayes was the Duke. Donald Pleasance was the president. And then we go Cabby, played by Ernest Borgnine. Hawk, mm-hmm. played by Lee Van Cleef. And of course, Snake Plissken Snake. in the number one spot. Snake Plissken. Next up, uh, Chrissy. Let's, okay. you know, maybe we'll switch this. I'm just going to start on number 10, and we're going to go down and see who can get it first, starting at 10. How's that sound? I love it. Let's go with that. All right, so the number 10 spot, Baronka slash Monkey Man. What, what year are we? 1981. again? Okay. Number nine, Gobbler. Um, no. no. Number eight, Dietrich. Oh, Police Academy. Nope. Number seven, Satipo. Oh. Number six. And this is... An, yeah, go ahead. What? This is 81 comedy or 81 action? action. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I, I think I, I, know who, I know who number one is. I'm just trying to remember what movie this is. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Um, next one. This might... Uh, we'll see what happens here. Brody. Brody. <laughs> oh, um, 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 nope, it's the wrong year. Um, yeah, no, the. All right, we'll go to number five. Jaws three. <laughs> no, number five, Sala. Oh, okay. Um, Temple of it? Doom? <laughs> nope. No? Nope. The first one, Raiders of the Lost <laughs> yeah. Ark. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yes, the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, was Brody, right. Yep. Uh, it's interesting. See, that's what, like these yeah. characters. Like you think that they would be um, easier, uh, but when you hear the characters, it's like it is a little tricky. So, all right. Next up, uh, number ten. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, this is a comedy. Rita Marshall. Number nine. How, how early in the 80s? 82. 82. Okay. Number nine, April Page. Nothing. Number eight, yeah. John Van Horn. Number seven, George Fields. No. 16 Candles. Nope. Number six, oh. Jeff Slater. Heathers? Nope. Number five, Les Nichols. Number is the Breakfast Club 82? It's not that's not the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Number four, okay. Ron Carlisle. Number three, Sandy Lester. Airplane? What's that? Airplane? Nope. Number three, Sandy Lester. Number two, Julie Nichols. Down to the number one spot. Michael Dorsey slash Dorothy Michaels. Tootsie. Tootsie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some of them it's like the top one is probably what where you'll get it. Yeah. But well, yeah. we'll see. This one this one might be hard, but I, I thought this would might be a fun one. <laughs> it was one of the top well, films. Been, you know what? I, I'm glad you're going to give us a challenge, Andy. Yeah. They've been so easy to this point. <laughs> I, I, mean, you know, I mean, what's funny Chris is Chrissy and I just been knocking these out at the uh, tent. So right. really, uh, thank you for up up in the game here. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. here for. What's funny is like yeah. these are like the top films of the years. So yeah. it's it's you'd think that you would get them, but it's hard. When you it's go hard to remember people's names. Yeah. All right. So this is another one from 82. This is an action film, action yeah. comedy, I'd say, from 1982. Uh, number 10, Algren. Number nine, Rosalie. Number eight, Kehoe. Number seven, Billy Bear. 
Number six, Luther. Number five, Gantz. Number four, Hayden. Number three, Elaine. 48 hours? 48 hours. There it is. <gasps> Good one. All right. Three points for Ocean on that one. All right. This is a, uh, this is a comedy, uh, okay. kind of a, um, a period comedy, we'll say. Okay. Uh, let's see. Number 10, Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest nine. saves Christmas. No. <laughs> Number nine. Well, let me just let me get the Princess Bride guess in there because he's had a period comedy in the eighties. So Princess Bride. No, no. <laughs> Number nine, Grover Dill. Number eight, Scott Farkas. Oh, um, uh, he wears a bunny suit, and it's called um, it's called <laughs> it's called a Christmas Story. A Christmas Story. There it is. Eight points for Chrissy on that one. A number of film, another film from 1983. A uh, we'll call this a, a crime uh, drama, crime action drama, something like that. Crime action drama, 1983. All okay. right. Uh, number ten, Chi Chi. Number nine, Bernstein. Number eight, Alejandro Sosa. Number seven, Omar. Number six, Mama Montana. <laughs> Scarface? Scarface, yes. Good one. When you were saying this, I was like, I know these characters. I know. Yeah. That's what makes it so challenging, yeah. yeah. Mama Montana. Oh, good. Yeah, good one. Yeah. Uh, no, all right, 1984 action comedy, starting with Inspector Todd. Inspector Todd. Number nine, Chief Hubbard. Number eight, Zach. Police Academy? Nope. Beverly Number, Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop, yes. <laughs> Eight points for Chrissy. All right. Next one up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Howard. This one, this one is tricky. Well, yeah, we'll see. Howard. <laughs> Number nine. Ginny. Number four is gone. Nope. No, this is, these are all eighties. <laughs> that was <laughs> ten years after. Well, you this. said Ginny. Yeah, I had to say that's that's right. my first thought was Forrest Gump. <laughs> Number eight, Brenda Baker. Number seven, Jim Baker. Number six, Geek. Is this a comedy or a? This is a, a, a comedy, romantic comedy. Okay. Number five, eighty four from nineteen eighty four. Jim Baker. Number five is going to completely give it away. Long Duck Dong. 16 Candles. Oh, 16 Candles. 16 Candles, candles yes. <laughs> oh, well, so my, my guess for that three movies back when it was wrong doesn't just carry over. <laughs> it's just a standing, it's a standing yeah, guess. Just, yeah, yeah. Nice try. This one, I have no idea how either of you will do. I'm very curious to see how this one plays. Um, number 10, Leslie. Number, and is, is this this is an action, action 1985 action. 85 okay. action. Okay. Yeah, Leslie. All right. Number nine, Lawson. Number eight, Cook. Number seven, Jenny Matrix. Might give it away. Number six, Sully. Number five, Major General Franklin Kirby. Number four, Bennett. How old is Platoon? Uh, it, it was a year after this. Number six. So platoon. Okay, so it's, all right. yeah, it's not Platoon. Number six. Number three. Arius. 
Number two, Cindy. Number one, John Matrix. Oh, 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 Commando. <laughs> Commando. I thought it's for sure you'd get Commando. it when I said Jenny Matrix, his daughter. No, yeah. they've never seen it. The Matrix, it. Thing, yeah. but yeah. All right. Uh, let's. This one I thought would be a fun one, so we'll see how it plays, starting with Jenny Flex. Jenny Flex. Wait, what's the... What's the um... 1985 uh, action. Action. Alright. Number, number nine, Bob Conley. Number eight, Pola Ivanova. Number seven, Chuck Lee. Number six, Scarpine. Or Scarpine, I don't know. Number five, Tibbet. This might give it away. Do the weapon? Nope. Number four, Mayday. Police Academy? (laughs) I don't know. No, Number three, Stacy Sutton. So, number two, Max Zorin. <laughs> number one, James Bond. Oh, I, <laughs> I cannot believe I had to get to James Bond with you. James two. Bond. <laughs> so, if eighty-five, what is that for your eyes only? Nope. No. So eighty-five is that's not Octopussy. Nope. Right, it's, it's not. It's not for your eyes only. Um, Max Zorin, Mayday. We said eighty-five. Yeah, right. Mayday is only in four? one film. I'm getting Grace I'm Jones. Cheating. Grace a view Jones. To a kill. <laughs> Grace Jones. Oh, a view to a kill. Okay. Uh, no one gets points for that. that aren't no. you yeah. the James Bond fan in the room, Ocean? <laughs> Well, I like yes, but not that not that one. But yes. Oh so, my goodness. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to own that one. Yeah, because I was when I was listening. All right, yeah. I'll own that one. I messed up. All right, all right. Uh okay. Next one up. Number ten, lightning. Number nine, rain. And this is an action movie from It's 86? an action comedy. From okay. 1986. Number eight, Thunder. <laughs> Number seven, Eddie Lee. Running Man. Nope. <laughs> Number six, Good Marco. Number five, Egg Shen. <laughs> um, um, um. <laughs> Indiana Jones and Temple Doom? Nope. Chris, uh, Chrissy's got it. Chrissy's got it. Big Trouble in Little China. There it is. Yes, the next one. Like, uh, Egg hat, Shen and then hat. David Lopan. Yeah. Wang Chi, Grace, Gracie Law, and of course, Jack Burton. I was worried that no one would get that one. Oh, my goodness. All right. Next up, we're into 1986. Uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, this is a comedy. Number ten, Bartender. Oh, well, obviously. Cocktail. Does that help? A cocktail. <laughs> it could be. Number nine, Papa Sanchez. Wait, and this is a comedy. This is a comedy. Papa okay. Number eight, German. Number six, Bandito number one. Um, um, Three Amigos? Three Amigos. <laughs> there it is. 
So that was uh, seven points. All right. Chrissy is stomping you on this ocean. Oh, no. I, there, was no there was never any doubt. <laughs> this one, okay. Uh, hmm. 1987 action film. The 10th character, I'm going to have to give you a blank for the name because it's the title of the film. The blank the tenth slash character. helicopter pilot. Yes. It, so the 10th character, the blank slash helicopter pilot. Okay. Number nine. The blank slash helicopter pilot? Okay. Yeah. Well, because it's, yeah. Number nine, okay. Hawkins. Hawkins. Number eight, General Phillips. Um, um. Did I guess Blue, this one already? Blue Thunder. Predator. There have been a lot of things that both of you have guessed. Yes, Predator. predator. This is Predator. <laughs> then we have Poncho, Billy, Blaine, Mac, Anna, Dylan, and Dutch, of course. Whew. The Predator slash yeah. helicopter he, pilot? He's the yeah. helicopter pilot. Slash helicopter pilot? He also played the helicopter pilot. That was Kevin Peter Hall. Okay. Yeah. I know. Because uh, he had the, I should have said, he had those two roles. And it was originally Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? That's in the predator right. suit? It was. And he was, was too tiny. Too uh, beautiful, I think, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> All right, 1987 yes, he, he action was. film. Okay. Number 10, Emil Antonowski. Mm-mm. Number nine, Johnson. It's all just Diary? last names. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Number eight, Leon Nash. Running Man? Do we already guess Running Man? Uh, yeah, but it's that? not that one. Number seven, Sergeant okay. Reed. Number, is this Platoon? It is not Platoon. Number six, okay. Bob Morton. Number five, might give it away, Clarence Boddicker. <laughs> Crap, I, I know that. If that doesn't, this one will. Number four, Dick Jones. Is it um, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> RoboCop? <laughs> it is RoboCop. That is one way to describe it. But yes. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is RoboCop. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, let's see. This one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Number ten. I cannot believe this is number ten. Carl. Uh, die Hard. Yes. <laughs> 10 points for Chrissy. Wow. You know who number nine is? I think I said is? Die Hard in every, every movie. I and know, then it's and like, then, and now it's finally, it's finally right. here. What's funny <laughs> yeah. is the next character is ninth person credited, Hans Gruber. What? That yeah, makes that far down in the credits. I know. It's yeah. crazy. Argyle uh, is number three. <laughs> Ar- Argyle is number five. Argyle is higher than oh, him. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It goes John McClane, Holly Gennaro McClane, Sergeant Al Powell, Dwayne T. Robinson, Argyle Thornburg, Ellis Takagi, Hans Gruber, Carl. Yeah, Takagi is higher credited. Wow. Then Hans Gruber. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, Alan Rickman was early in his career at the time. All right, next up, uh, number 10, Vonkar. Number nine, Migosh. Oh, um, Will- this- Willow? Willow. <laughs> it's Willow. <laughs> then it goes Eric, Kale, High Aldwin, Rizel, Queen Bavmorda, Willow, Sorsha, Mad Mardigan. Wow, Willow is third. It's, uh, it's his movie. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I'd have gotten it on Willow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're up to 1989. These are our last two. Number 10, Coconut Sid. Number nine. Cocktail? Nope. Number nine, ML. <laughs> ML? ML. Okay. Number eight, Pino. This next one will give it away. Number seven, Radio Rahim. Oh, do the right thing. Do the right thing. That is right. Pino. Seven okay. points for Ocean. That's John Turturro's character. Last one that we have in the mix today. This has been a lot harder. You know, I guess it's fun that it's not so easy. So uh, number 10. It. Yeah, number 10. Yeah. And again, 1989 action comedy. Hans. Number nine, Captain Murphy. Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon 2? Lethal Weapon 2, yes. Wow, nice. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that was... do something respectable at the end. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You're, you're good so, in the you, later I only 80s. wanted you That's... to beat me by 50 points. <laughs> so, <that> way. <laughs> Well, we certainly learned that that uh, that all of your mad skills come in the late '80s, Ocean. That's that's where things really yes, kick in yeah. for you. Maybe not those yeah. early '80s films. No. Well, that was fun. Uh, yeah, Chrissy kind of stomped you uh, a little bit there, Ocean. But you know, it was a fun chance to kind of explore some films that we all love and see exactly how well do you really remember all of the people in those films. Clearly, and none of them were Police well. Academy, even though none I really <laughs> needed one of them to be Police Academy. <laughs> I, yeah, I should have just thrown one in just because it would have been fun to have that. Advice, but. <laughs> I would not have guessed it. I would have just been like. <laughs> That's the one you wouldn't have guessed Police Academy on. Right. All right. Yeah, kind of like how I guess Predator on everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. The, the one time it is. That's right. All right. Well, uh, that means it's time to move over to our list challenge, uh, everybody. So last week on the show, the hosts decided uh, over the course of their conversation that, you know, they wanted to throw at us great performances from unexpected performers. So here we are uh, putting our list together and Chrissy, you're kicking things off. So where do you start? Yay. Um, uh, so I went to see this movie uh, with my kids, just thinking we were doing a fun like family movie that would be like probably kind of boring, but fun for them and ended up finding what might be in my top five favorite movies of, of ever um, with two out of the park uh, perform. Well, maybe even more than two, um, but certainly uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson gives a performance which I found compelling and hilarious. Uh, Karen Gillan is wonderful in it as well. Uh, of course, you know, um, I can't, the, Jack, I can't, Jack Black. And the, the standout performance is, of course, Jack Black playing with beautiful nuance a teenage girl. In Jumanji, <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle, um, which is just Kevin Hart also is is great in it. Um, everybody is playing two different layers at the same time. And every moment with Jack Black is so perfect. Um, but there's also some moments with Dwayne The Rock Johnson where he, he is just like he's acting. And I and I loved it. And it was so unexpected. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Favorite, favorite, favorite. 
And Danny DeVito and uh, Danny Glover both pop in. In the next level, yes. Oh, uh, the next level, yeah. Uh-huh. That, that, is, that is a great uh, pair of films. Um, yeah, awesome pick. Awesome pick. For my first pick... Um, I, uh, there are a lot of options and I was, I was challenged with this. I'm like, well, okay. So that usually for me means like a comedic actor who goes serious, a serious actor who goes dark, uh, you know, somebody you love who suddenly is playing somebody you hate. Like where, where do we end up with this? And so I I was kind of struggling with this for a little bit. And I feel like I'm going to start with Copland because, uh, Sylvester Stallone, um, ended up playing a much more nuanced, quieter performance than I'd ever seen from him. And in a story where he's kind of a, a, a police officer who had, you know, suffered an injury of some sort and, you know, he has he's hard of hearing and he uncovers some sort of, um, you know, stuff going on with some of the other police and is trying to kind of figure out what what's going on. And I just found him to be like a performance that I just hadn't expected from him. And so, uh, and it's a great, great film. So um, I highly recommend checking out. Uh, my first pick is Copland. Oh, shit. Yeah, yes, I, um, I guess that means I'm up next. I did have a few struggles with this list as well, to, uh, trying to decide how I wanted to interpret that, uh, how I wanted to interpret the theme. And so, uh, you, you know, so I guess I just took it as that, you know, even though uh, with some of the, uh, my choices are actors where when I say it, like, you know, the, the, of course they could provide this great of a performance when you think of them now, but at the time I was surprised by it. And so uh, the first one is an, is an actress who had a great 1999, um, and, and unfortunately we were not doing the 1990s movie game. Uh, <laughs> so the great 1999, and she actually has two movies I think would fall in this category, but I went with uh, the one that I haven't already talked about in this show, and uh, that was um, Cameron Diaz in Being John Malkovich. Um, and that, that movie was, A, the movie's great. If you haven't seen Being John Malkovich, it's hard to explain without wrecking it other than saying just check it out and, and, and trust that it's good. Uh, but for, for me, anyway, at the time, uh, Cameron Diaz was mostly just the pretty girl in the movie. You know, she was in, you know, she was a pretty girl in the mask. And uh, she's also, you know, it, something about Mary is, of course, a classic movie. But at the same time, that's, you know, her, her role was that just, you know, basic, basic vanilla. We need a pretty girl that can act and, and do these and, and do these roles. And then being John Malkovich, she was so unrecognizable to me, not only in her performance, but in, in everything about it, that I didn't know that that's who I was looking at until I saw the credit. So nice. that was my nice. first pick. And nice mm-hmm. callback to your Any Given Sunday uh, callback uh, conversation. It, that was the other movie that same year yeah. where she, uh, she, she did what, uh, that, uh, that, that, the acting performance she provided in that also. Yeah. But I, I went with being Good year for her. Good year. Yeah. Yes, it was. All right, Chrissy, next one. Okay. So um, apparently there's a subgenre I really enjoy, which is adult <laughs> men portraying teenage girls. Uh, and this is a movie that I think really got overlooked, but I loved it. Um, it's called a Freaky. And uh, it's like a twist on the Freaky Friday trope of a body swaparoo uh, where Vince Vaughn uh, is a serial murderer. And ends up in the body of a young teenage girl uh, played by Catherine Newton. And so she's walking around being a killer 
in her petite little teenage body and he's running around being her in his giant <laughs> Vince Vaughn body. And it's funny and his performance is really good. And I don't normally think him think of him as being able to play something other than Vince Vaughn. Uh, so to see him playing a, 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 a female essence character without being cartoonish about it, I thought was, was really great. And I feel like that movie is super underrated. Yeah. It was a COVID movie that, uh, yeah. you know, didn't, didn't get any theatrical release, unfortunately, or maybe very limited sort of theatrical I saw it at a drive in. Yeah. Right. It was that period of time. It was. Yep. So yeah, yeah it's a little, uh, unfortunate, but, and that's what I need to revisit because I enjoyed it, but I didn't, it, I didn't love it, but I did think Vince Vaughn was just fantastic. And his friends, like the, the dynamic between him and his like besties was just so perfect. And watching them play opposite him was just, it was so much fun. So. And yeah. every single joke where he's just like, this giant body won't go where I need it to go. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I, I, I agree with that sentiment as well. I did. I didn't, I saw it, I think on the, in the comfort of my living room couch. And, uh, you know, while I did, I did enjoy it. I felt that, uh, at least my impression, I felt that potentially unfairly, um, I was comparing it a lot to happy death day. Yeah. Yeah, it felt yeah. very. It felt very. It felt very similar, and at the same time, and I really loved Happy Death Day, and I, I feel that had it come out either a year or two earlier, or a year or two later, I may not have had you know Happy Death Day fresh in my mind of what I'm comparing the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I agree that they have a, a really a, the same feeling. Right. Yeah. 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 So for my next one, I, I was trying to figure out like a direction to go. And I had a few options, but I think I'm going to settle on, um, a, a film from uh, that, you know, it's, it's a violent, dark Oliver Stone film that, you know, for me is it's a tough film to watch, but it's, it's very interesting. I know Pete loves it. I think it's interesting more than I like it. Um, but it's, it certainly is a compelling Oliver Stone movie from the nineties. In the film, there are flashbacks to the uh, the, the female character's childhood uh, and her abusive stepfather or father, I can't remember exactly, but this character is played by Rodney Dangerfield, and it is in Natural Born Killers, and I had never seen Rodney Dangerfield do anything like this. He was always the guy in, like, Caddyshack and Back to School, and, I mean, certainly he has kind of a, that, that sense of humor, but, like, the dark side of him that he played in Natural Born Killers as the kind of abusive, like, sexually abusive uh, uh, parental unit was pretty horrifying, and I, th- I think the way that they play that was a really interesting um, kind of tone because it almost is played like kind of this dark... A TV sitcom that you're the, the way that those flashbacks are played. So it's really interesting, very surprising performance from him uh, that I thought was uh, done really well uh, in a film that is just, it's a shocking film to watch. But that's my second pick, Natural Born Killers. So disturbing. Yes, gr- so disturbing. <clears throat> nope. Great film. Love it. Uh, it's when I first started appreciating Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah. Really, and Juliette Lewis. Sure, sure. Uh, there, is a, there are actually some lines, some of her lines in that movie that, that I quote regularly uh, <laughs> for, from, uh, from, that, from that movie. It was a great movie. Very, uh, I, think, uh, I think you really could have picked multiple actors from that movie. Sure. As yeah, far as like they, they were doing something vastly different than what they had done previous to that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Ocean, what's next for you? All right. Okay, um, so uh, I so my next movie I don't even remember why I saw it, but I did, 
And, and I end up thinking that not only did I really enjoy the movie, uh, that I thought it was amazing, but I really enjoyed the performance of, of, uh, the main actor, the main, the main actor where uh, I historically not, uh, the movie I'm referring to is the good son. And the actor mm. is Macaulay Culkin oh. who up, up until that point, I was not on the Macaulay Culkin bandwagon at all. Like he was just a nondescript child actor. I, I, I did not like, I really didn't like Home Alone. I was like, I understood it, but I wasn't a big fan of it. I wasn't a fan of the, even the other little things that he'd done up to that point, nothing. But in The Good Son, uh, watching him basically play this monstrously evil child, I, I, I thought was not only a great uh, performance by him and a great reach, but also was, you know, very entertaining for me. So that says a little about him, a little about me. <laughs> Love it. Great pick. I've never seen that one. So I just, I know I've heard the stories about it and stuff. So, and, and him and it's Elijah Wood is the, Elijah the, Wood, yeah. the yes. actual good Elijah son. Wood, yes. Yeah. One, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. He's all right. Chrissy last pick. What's, what are you okay. going to go with? I went a weird, I went a weird left turn and, uh, was just like, I have a bunch of notes of like ones that I, I could have picked and like directions to go in after there's no third adult man playing a teenage girl movie <laughs> that I love. Um, and I went with a performer who made over 30 movies, uh, but perhaps was never known for acting ability. Uh, except for that, I think he's actually really quite good in his first movie, which is Love Me Tender. And Elvis gives a performance in that movie, which is like he's really acting and you can like tell that he is like could have been something other than uh the, the sort of cartoon that he ended up being. Um, I think it's like kind of a surprisingly like well acted movie for him. Um, and it's, and so I, so that's what I went with. I went with Elvis and love me tender. Nice. Nice. Ooh. I've never seen an Elvis movie, but I always Not feel a like single one. No, I always feel like I should because I'm, I find him such a fascinating character. And I loved Baz Luhrmann's film. I think there's so much interesting stuff going on in his life, but um, I definitely need to pick some. So I'll, I'll start with that one. I will. I can. I can guide you through yeah, you can, the magical you menagerie, <laughs> just like your friend is walking you through uh, your your chicken sports. sports. Yes, I'll take you through Elvis <laughs> and all of his. Uh... We need to see an Elvis movie that uh, has a chicken as part of his focal point, though. <laughs> okay, right. very well. So, I can make that happen. Yeah, okay. There you go. Okay, good, good. I just want to make sure we make sure we started off right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for my final pick, uh, this is a film that I, I only saw fairly recently, but I was really um, kind of surprised by how much I, I found the, the production style really exciting. Uh, it's a Richard Fleischer film from 1968, and it's a crime film uh, based on the true story of the Boston Strangler, and it's called... The Boston Strangler. And I, I mean, I just, I, it really, you know, it's, it, it's a crime film, but what really surprised me was that the, the Strangler, the killer is played by, um, Tony Curtis, which was the last person I would have expected playing a character like that. And I mean, I know he's done some, some more interesting dramatic performances and stuff, but I like in my head, I just like, he's one of those guys who I always see in stuff like, um, 
uh, some like it hot. And I feel like the comedic side of him like stands mm-hmm. out for me so much more than any of the, well, I mean, there's great dramatic performances, but I always think of him in the comedic stuff. I just, and I hadn't seen this one, which is, you know, I mean, he is a, a killer, it, like the serial killer on the loose. And it, it, the way that everything was done in that, it was very exciting. And so that would be my number one pick. Something that's definitely worth checking out, the Boston Strangler. And Ocean, that leaves you. What's your final pick? Good pick. Um, So I struggled with this uh, mightily, so I ended up going to a, I guess, a a more of a a standby of where an actor who is well-known for one particular genre then just does something different and and does it well and so uh, even though the this uh so this the the actor i'm referring to is as a big action star had lots of action movies and that's what he was known for is, is, is you know being the tough guy action you know kill the bad guy get the girl uh you know uh, person uh he, the uh the movie that i saw that for me with him was very different and actually you know, led to other movies where he's done this uh was um the movie kindergarten cop and that was Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was legitimately funny. Um, you know, at, at the time when I saw it, I hadn't seen Twins. And so Twins, while that, that is funny, that's more Danny DeVito carrying him. But in Kindergarten Cop, he was a legitimately funny actor. And I had no idea that the, the actor that I like to watch, you know, either kill, uh, kill aliens, uh, kill people, or, you know, go to, you know uh, go, go to Mars or Raw Deal, you know, Running Man, all that, that he could be anything other than just like, you know, Conan. Yeah. Right, yeah. and so I, I really did, you know, like and appreciate uh, this movie when I saw it, and so it reminded me of something where it was very unexpected. Great, pick. A, although, yeah. so although now he he's funny all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that is a good pick. Um, a lot of fun. So now we are tasked with the challenge of picking a list topic for next week's crew. Um, any thoughts? I, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards sports films or something sports related because we were talking about that, that earlier. Um, is there any particular angle you think that would be worth taking, or or what do you what do you two think? I think it, well, it would be so hard to narrow down like your top your top three sports movies would be a real challenge. Yeah. Should it we force be. that I challenge mean, upon could, them? <laughs> well, uh, you could say um, they're the favorite sports movies about sports they don't like oh like if it's a sport if it's a sport they don't actually because like so or that they don't I, I'm, follow honestly I'm, yeah. I'm right they don't yeah. follow like i'm projecting me like if you sure. if, if i have that list it's like well i'm just gonna list off like five or six football movies and then narrow it down right but you know i don't spend a lot of time watching hockey or any other sport yeah really. yeah like i mean like you know like like baseball like i mean baseball there's some easy ones in there of course yeah. but um you know but i uh, you know so of a sport that you don't don't enjoy i think that's a good oh, favorite it, sports it, films that are sports you don't follow or featuring yeah. sports you don't follow leaves it very open for many of us <laughs> yeah which which is fine and i think i think you that might be you chrissy i think you might be it on is next i'm week, on so. next week yeah <laughs> okay. well you All can't right. the other challenge for you is not using any of the ones that you already talked about that we already talked today. about yep. so, yeah. sorry yeah. we just put that extra restriction on you All right. Well, uh, that is it. Um, Both of you, thank you so much for joining me here this this fine Saturday morning to chat about movies and all the stuff that we love. Um, Why don't you plug kind of what you're up to or what are you doing these days? Go for it, Chrissy. Okay. 
Um, well, we are uh, the most excellent 80s movies podcast. Uh, we just finished our own like little mini baseball uh, series where we talked about the natural and major league. And uh, upcoming, we're going to talk about some spooky movies. We're doing Heathers and um, uh, uh, The Lost Boys. Uh, Matthew Fox is going to be our guest on that. So it's a real uh, true story crew um moment uh for the spooky season that's gonna be awesome. fun yeah what, what about you I'm, i i i uh, yeah I, I have i have nothing to plug right now i'll do uh doing a uh, new i'll be doing other episodes of saturday matinee later uh, but i wanted to first i'll really just say thank you andy for jumping in at the last minute to to, to host this you did a, did a great job on on short notice very short notice oh no it was, it was fun I, I hadn't been on for a while so it's always fun to jump in and it, the 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 most challenging part was not the list but trying to come up with a game to to entertain so hopefully it wasn't too oh, tedious i know it was chef's kiss i loved it <laughs> okay <laughs> it was a challenge well uh i thank you so much i appreciate it um and all of you wonderful listeners we appreciate you as well don't forget you can get longer and ad-free versions of the saturday saturday matinee by becoming a supporting member of the next real family of film podcasts just visit the slash membership to learn more that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Music